Welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bohm. Today on the show, I am talking to Wanchi of the band Zeta. If you are unfamiliar with Zeta, they were originally based from Venezuela, now living in Southern Florida. They're a hardworking, incredibly interesting, very unique band mixing a lot of different genres from like screamo, hardcore, punk, and Latin jazz fusion. Really, really interesting. If you uh, if you want a good kind of taste of what they're about, I would recommend watching their audio tree session. It's brilliant. Completely, completely brilliant. So I had the pleasure of talking to Wanchi and getting to know a little bit about him and the history of the band. And uh, it was just a lovely conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we listen to that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. Let's hear it for Rootless Coffee. Rootless Coffee is a small batch roaster out of Flint, Michigan, making high-end coffee with bags designed by some of the comic industry's rising stars, collaborating with artists, bands, brands, nonprofits, wrestlers, comedians, and more. Rootless is the punk rock gateway to craft coffee. Easy to understand and delicious roast options. Listeners get 20% off their order using the code HARDTIMES at checkout when they visit rootlesscoffee.com. Any size, any grind, any time. Break free from boring. Now, let's give a shout to Discovered Magazine. Discovered is a international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything with a punk ethos. You can get 10% off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER, spelled out, when you visit store.dscvrd.co. I recommend now doing that because uh, they just put up the pre-order for issue number 81. And in this issue, they cover everyone from Wolf Alice to Spirit Box, The Bronx, Dare, Walter Schreifels, Big D and the Kids Table, Military Gun, all over the place. Great magazine. Highly, highly recommend. All right. Let's hear my conversation with Wanchi of Zeta. Wanchi, how are, how are you? Where are you at today? I'm good. I'm uh, in Miami, um, Miami, Florida. Yeah. I recently moved to this area of South Florida. I, well, I'm not originally from Broward, but that was my first uh, county here in the in the U.S. How long have you been there now? Like uh, in the U.S. In the U.S., I first came in 2015, and then I kind of went back for a couple of months, and then came back for good. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so you're originally from, is the, I, I know the band says it's based from, uh, Puerto La Cruz in, uh, mm-hmm. Venezuela. Yeah. Um, is, is that where you're all collectively from there? I, well, me and Danny who started the band together, we are from Puerto La Cruz. We actually, uh, were born there, born and raised. Um, but then, you know, just traveling happens and. Uh, the drummer is actually Venezuelan, but from another, from a different city, uh, the city of Caracas. It's like the capital city. Um, and the bass player, it's actually born in Miami. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. But so, uh, so does he have? He has like dual citizenship then? 
Yes, I I believe so. But uh, his family is from Brazil, so it's just a, at this point it's a it's a mix. It's a fun mix. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, Puerto La Cruz. Um, I've never been there, and I've, I would love to go. It's yeah. it's a it's right on it's right on the coast, right? It's Obviously. right on the coast. Yeah, it's uh, in a national park called Mochima. It's uh, more of half percent of this park is water, and uh, there's a little bay and tiny islands. Um, it Puerto La Cruz itself is just a part of the city. Um, we are more from the suburban area, but uh, everybody calls it Puerto La Cruz as a whole, kind of like how it happens here with uh, Miami and the surroundings. Sometimes you're, I don't know, in Hialeah, and it will be still be Miami for the rest of the world, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. I like uh, w when when I we used to go down and play, we'd always play like Pembroke Pines or something. But yeah. you know, it would it's a suburb of Miami. Exactly. So we, yeah, totally, totally. Oh, um, I am guessing Talent Farm. Talent Farm. So exactly. when we moved here, everybody was like, "Oh, it's such a bummer. You you haven't you you are not gonna be able to experience Talent Farm." And uh, we were, where's that at? And it's like, oh, it was in Pembroke Pines. And we lived very close. I used to live in Davie, Florida. And there's not venues around, to be honest. Like, you always have to do that traveling, those 30 to 40 minutes on the highway just to catch your favorite local bands. Yeah, where it's, uh, people probably assume <clears throat> that, um, you know, for bands in the U.S., that I was like, oh, you if you're playing Florida, like you have to probably play Miami, but so so rare are there shows all the way down there, you know? How is yeah. it if you were to play a show, um, do you usually end up having to just drive up to Orlando or, or Tampa, or have you well, found places in your area that you like to play? I gotta say, uh, nowadays, I believe things are different, there's uh, more shows in Miami happening. I think it's a seasonal thing. Uh, I've heard from my friends from over here that there's certain seasons, long seasons, like maybe a year or two that it's dead and then it renews. And um, I don't know why, really, because I see that uh, there's a local musicians community that it's great. Um, there's legendary bands from from Miami, like Torch. Um, right. And there's bands that are, like, just popping out, like Las Nubes, or um, there's some other cool friends that I really like called Woolbright. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know them because of uh, Christina. Yeah. Uh, Gaucho-way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Gaucho-way. Well, when we first came here, I think one of our of our first like punk shows ever was Gaucho Way in Churchill's. So that was a cool one. That was like, oh, there's a cool scene <laughs> here. Um, right. But I think it's very local. It's like a Florida thing. It's not we don't get touring bands that often, you know? 
um, Orlando, Gainesville, Tallahassee, they 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 have the cool shows. Yeah. So we're yeah yeah yeah. But we are we are very used to just go there. It's just a three hours, and you know it's 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 fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the show is all about you know first experiences and things like that. So I'm just curious uh, for you, what was the first music that you connected with when you were young? Well, uh, I had a so my my parents are are old, and uh, I was not <laughs> anticipated. Yeah. So I have my siblings. I are way older than me, and I have a, an older brother, fourteen years older, and he had all these compilations of. Uh, it's a Spanish for "fill your head with rock," you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Llena tu cabeza de rock, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> in these compilations, I will get things like. Smashing Pumpkins, um, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Uh, sometimes it will get a little bit uh, heavier, like Metallica-ish. But everything was very grungy, very just, I don't know. And and, and also, uh, later, I got interested in other cities that uh, my brother had like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Okay. But um but then I went full on into the heavy uh musical world and so it changed. But interesting, my father um he was not a rocker at all. My mom will listen to like Rolling Stones and you know like uh Tom Jones <laughs> a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but nice. but my dad was like just like Latin ballads like straight up or salsa or you know Latin jazz. Yeah. So I was always like, oh this is just so lame. I don't wanna <laughs> you know, I was like I I've always been that uh just part of the family that that kid that is like I want to take it to the next level type of kid, you know? Sure. So I I tried to run from that uh, while I was growing up and just, you know, listen to just irreverent things. Um, Do you f- I, by I the way, I remember uh... my father went into my room and watched me uh, just jamming to a video of Tool. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? What is this? I'm like, it's just a band. It's tool. It's super cool. Uh, but he was cool enough that he used to travel a lot for work, and he will bring me just like, like cool T-shirts. So it's like, I found this. It's a tool shirt, and I'm like, wow. So yeah, right. It was cool, dude. But now that I'm grown up, I really love all that music that uh, he was into. You know, like uh, all of that Latin jazz is like, wow. It's like, wow. My dad was into some cool, cool shit. I just, at the time, I I guess I didn't know how to process it, you know? 
Yeah, that's a, you know, that's kind of a common theme on the show. It's, you know, the stuff that your parents liked when you were young, you, you rebel from, but then as you get older, you're like, oh my God, actually some of this is great. And you can hear that, obviously the music that Zeta makes where there's a lot of that influence that probably came from the, from the music that your parents were listening to. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to make a really dumb joke. I wanted to tell you that, uh, that I think we can blame Tom Jones for, you arriving 14 years later. <laughs> I think, I think so. Yeah. I, for what some I love making music. Yeah. So my, my parents, again, my dad's it's a dentist. So he's very just practical person. But my mom, she's, she's a painter. She's an artist and uh, she's just divine. <laughs> in that sense <laughs> so she yeah. will she, i will just ask you know just like why am i am here or what happened and she will be like not explicit but very like well you know we were just with this love aura and my dad will be like like trying to make faces like no don't say anything you know um <laughs> But I think That's they cool. were always very just lovely people, and they've supported me so much. And uh, my siblings, they were the tough parents, but they were also cool. But they were like the ones like, like you know, just be ready for life or uh, do this and that. Because my parents were more like just chill, like very yeah, uh, kids. You know, yeah. By the time, by the time you were around, like, um, did you do you feel like uh, your older siblings went through like, um, I guess, your parents being more strict? Whereas by the time you came around, you were just yeah. you got to do whatever you wanted. So the oldest is my sister, and uh, she's just she's a lawyer. Um, She's very just correct, and uh, she will always tell me that. Like, listen, if you were, uh, if you know, um, you have it so easy. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's I, I, I'm the one that had tattoos. I am, yep. you know, pierced. They were like, I, I couldn't do any of this. My, my brother one time was like. Oh, damn, I want a tattoo, but now I'm just scared of needles and old. And I'm like, you should get it anyway. But yeah. um, they are cool. Oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. So I wanted to ask about those compilation CDs you were talking about. Were those, yeah. um, were they like, were they released on on a record label uh, from Venezuela, or were they? uh like imported um what do you remember anything like that like what the I, what the story with that is because that's a very you know broad yeah. compilation having metallica and yeah nirvana and all that on there i i honestly don't know what was the label but i remember um as i grew older um there was some other compilations on the on a label that was called i believe uh Rod Ven, which is like a very Venezuelan uh, label. I don't know how they got 
those cool bands just to be there. I don't, I ignore the entire um, background of them. Sure. But I mean, it's, I, I could, you know, there's such a, I would see such a benefit for those record labels to do those things, to make those, you know, very massive compilations for these, you know, uh, yeah. bands from the United States because, you know, so often these bands in the United States have no idea how big their fan base is in Central and South America until yeah. they go there. And then it's like, no, oh totally. my God, I, I remember totally. seeing like the, the, uh, the, you know, what comes to mind immediately is like the Metallica, uh, in Mexico city, like the live binge and yeah. purge, uh, album, which is like, they're playing in front of what looks like 15 million people, yeah, you know? And it, and it makes you wonder like, if they were even aware at the time of how big they would be yeah, in yeah. places other than the United States. That's a, that's an amazing thought. Um, I think maybe they were a little bit aware at the moment, but it's, it's, it's really, it's incredible how people cherish live music, uh, in South America. Um, by the time that we started, kind of touring down there by the way we never call it tours because they weren't constant like you had to do these crazy travels and you only get just four or five shows yeah on a month something like that and uh so we were we we used to call them sequences (laughs) yeah yeah and so um I remember the first time we went out of the country, we went to Costa Rica to open up for Combat Kid. Whoa. And so in our little hometown, you have to think on probably 80,000 people tops in that little coast town. And then you go to Costa Rica and there's, I don't know, 2,000 just hardcore punk kids just like you. And you right. just like with your friends, like, oh, we're not the only kids that like this, you know? Right. And um, that was a real game changer in our in our story. Because right. before that, we were just the crazy kids, you know? Yeah. Um. What? So, what? Uh. Before we, you know, get fully into Zeta, I was curious. Um. Do you remember what your first concert was and what it was? Oh my God! Yeah, we were talking about that just recently. Um, so I think my first concert is this Latin, like Hispanic music uh, ladies. One was called Rocío Durcal, and the other one was called Paloma San Basilio. And so let me tell you, I don't know if they are even alive anymore. <laughs> Um, but that was my first concert with my, with my parents and, uh, it was something else. Very like these, these pop artists from, from that era in Latin America, the nineties, like very, very early nineties were very just romantic and super produced, like a set with like a car and like a, stairs and a piano that just moves and um so it was very interesting as a kid i really appreciate it but i think i fell asleep at certain point 
<laughs> yeah. How, how how old were you? Are you talking like five or like ten yeah. or no 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 like like five six years old. Okay. Yeah. And when did you when did you start playing an instrument? I think it was sometime around the age of twelve. Okay. I I really wanted to play drums. So I my my friend from the block had these little like you know those drum machines with like circle pads that those Casio drum machines yeah. and we will play on that like all day and uh my friend will play the guitar and he'll be like oh I like uh you have some rhythm and I was like I'm committed to the drum life <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I tried but um somehow I ended up uh playing bass later and that really uh, got me that was like a like the first time I'm like I'm I'm speaking through an instrument and then I ended up with a guitar so I I I really like every instrument I think everything has its own magic and it's even like its own personality when you play let's say drums um it of course is you but you're in a different mindset and it brings a different part of you i guess um right but yeah i think it was around that time like 12 years did you ever have like a drum set did you sit down behind a drum set and try oh, to play yeah. it that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um I tell to my dad I wanted to play drums and uh he got me like an old like just kid but it wasn't complete at the time. So I didn't have a hi hat and I had like a ride and just all of the drums but not the hi hat. Right. And uh it was just hilarious. He will be like, You can do it just like this like beatbox the hi hat. And do the rest with your hands, and yeah, and we will just laugh um, for hours. And they right. were you, they were very patient at the noise, very. Oh, patient. that's yeah, that's awesome. I was gonna ask if your if your neighbor if your neighbors had a problem oh, with you I, getting this drum set. I think my neighbors were annoyed for sure, <laughs> but I I don't know. I guess I, they were just cool enough to not come and knock on the door um, yeah yeah so yeah. how soon after how soon after did you start playing bass was this all within a couple of years or yes. did this come yeah yeah it was in a couple so that same friend that got me into the just drums his friend this friend was um like a couple of years older than me um and he had like a musician's family, not nothing like professional musicians. Just they liked all they all of them played something. So I I grabbed this bass in in my friend's house. I think it was his dad's, and I just started there. And I really wanted to play, so I had this like very cheap. Um, acoustic guitar and, and we open up the 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 gouge of where the strings will go 
just to put like bass strings on that guitar and totally break the guitar. Oh no. It didn't work as well, but <laughs> that was my first try. And then I found that used bass and I was like in love with it. It was just purple with sparkling. It was a Washburn bass. Um, it had this little like old school tattoo style, um, like Hawaiian lady sticker. So for me, it was like the coolest bass. Right. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. So at um, this point, did, at this point, were you, were you a fan of like, did, like, had you got those compilations that had Nirvana and all that sort of stuff on there at that point? At this point, I was into the heavy things. Already. Okay. So did, was, I was gonna, I was curious. Do you remember like learning any of the songs that yeah. you were a fan of? Yeah. I remember playing that, um, or trying to play that, um, that rearranged song from Limp Bizkit. For hours. For, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yes. Um, right. Oh, what was, what's their, what's their bass player's name? Is it Sam? Is it Sam? I think so. Yeah. Oh man. I can't remember at this point, but that's a really good bass player. That's like a, that's like a, 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 for for trying to learn your first songs on bass, you went for a very difficult. Oh no, that was not my. <laughs> that was not my first song. I think oh, okay. The first song I learned in bass, I don't think it was even a song. It was the I got this Warner Brothers VHS, um, like introduction to the bass player or whatever. Okay. And so I learned the. That was yep. my first thing, and then uh, yeah, uh, the Biscuit song was a little bit later on that year. A little bit later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something there's something though exciting about like learning the first song that you are a fan of, as opposed yeah. to just something that you're you know like that feels like a lesson, you know, yeah. like. Totally. For a lot of guitar players, it's like, you know, smells like teen spirit or mm -hmm. come as you are or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, so when you first started, so then when you moved to guitar after you had already played bass for a little while, like did guitar come natural to you? It was way more easier, but um, I was like an in-house guitar player. I never really had the opportunity of played in a band um, or live shows with a guitar until very, very um, later in life. I think, yeah. I think I was, I think I was 20 years old when I first um, started playing the guitar in a band. Um, it was called The Monroes. It was like Marilyn Monroe. Is it your first band? No, not at all. Um, I think the first band that I, you know, like, but like official band that plays shows that I joined, it was called Entrance, but like Entrance. Okay. And, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's kind, that's kind of new metal style. It, they, with the... <laughs> I was going to say they played new metal. Um, yep. They even had this crazy kid doing DJ sounds. Yes. But but he didn't have a sampler, so he he made this little app 
I don't know how, he programmed this little thing that it will trigger sounds with a keyboard. And he will wow. bring just the, C, the CPU to the shows and put the keyboard, n like no monitor, and just run his sounds. It was crazy. They were, they were cool kids. That's awesome. So yeah. how, long were you, how long were you in that band? And were you playing bass in that band? I, I did play bass in that band. Um, I think it was like two years, probably. Okay. And then okay. I, I met Danny and I tried to make them uh, let me just invite Danny in. But they were like, oh, I don't know. It's, did you guys like listen too much to Blink-182? Like, we don't want to go <laughs> there. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to let you guys go because I have to pursue this with my friend Danny. Because we were just, by the time we started playing just for fun, we were so locked in. We were like, oh, you know, we have to make a band together. And so right. we, we kind of like convinced the drummer from Entrance to uh, help us build Seda. Oh, so yeah. it went from that, from that band kind of was the start of what became Zeta. In a way, in a way, in yeah. A way. Um, this drummer, um, his name is Hector, and um, he was this metal, at the time he was just this metal head, and he was like, I will help you guys because you're my friends, but I don't <laughs> like this. I don't like this music. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to play just progressive metal. Um, yeah. later on, he, you know, he ended up, ended up loving the band and we played like seven years with, uh, with Hector, but then, oh, you know, wow. just, um, Venezuela Exodus started kind of happening and, um, well, we kind of like just started moving. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to quick ask with entrance was so you played your first concert I on hope, stage I hope with that band. One of them just listens to this. I played with them a house show. Okay. So this was your first show, a house show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A house show. Um our friend Karina, um Karina's birthday actually. Okay. And uh we just went there and, and yeah, and play our new metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How uh, how was it for you? Do you remember that experience? Like, were you nervous? Were you well, excited? I was super nervous. Prior to this, I played in a little, you know, like those like end of the year type of um, talent show in the school or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I did play uh, drums. Just that was my only uh show as a drummer, the talent show, and uh we played a cover of Don't Speak by No Doubt. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I had that experience, but then as a bass player it was a different thing, so I was super nervous. Um I remember my hands were just so stiff, you know, like just like <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> I had I had little like um 
I don't know how to call it here, but you know, like hair things pull, like bra- all, yeah, like, like braids, braids, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way to the back. Um, yep. Yeah, I was all in for it. I had these full-on Adidas like uh, yes. pants and jacket. I was just full-on into the new metal world. I haven't, I haven't told anyone that's on the podcast yet because it hasn't come up, but. Uh, the first thing that I ever played was all was a talent show, played a cover of Blind from Corn, and I was wow. wearing a full I was wearing a full Adidas <laughs> jumpsuit. You had to wear them at that time. You had to, yeah. It was the coolest. It was the coolest. And um, yeah, I was all I was very tiny, and I'm pretty sure it was way too big on me too. So you know, yeah, I, I had no, that going for me. It had to be oversized. You yes. Know? Um, but yeah, I am, I really, I went full on, on learning a lot of that, um, new metal influence with this band, but my favorite of all the bands that they showed me was Deftones. So I always had like this, just, I, I needed that spacey, weirdy, just mellow parts. Yeah. I, I, I feel like of people who enjoyed new metal as a kid, Deftones was always the band that was going to still you you were allowed to still grow with them. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like there was something there was something about the Deftones that made you feel like they get a pass. Like they're a little elevated. They're not, you know, it never came off as like silly or yeah. gimmicky. It was always very genuine. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sh- I'm sh- I'm sure you're like me where I st- I'm still a big fan. You know, I still no, I still dude, want- yeah. for sure. I so I actually long story short the f- I started thinking on moving to the US in 2012 cuz my mom got a surgery here. She had this brain tumor. Um she's good now, but at the time um we weren't uh able to find anything that we could really rely on on Latin America's um, procedures at that time. So we came here, and this person at the UM uh, hospital said that they were doing this new gamma ray thing. So she kind of stayed here for a little bit, and I will come visit. And um, I, I, by that time, I was like a little bit grown up i mean i was in my 20s and uh i will go to every band show that i could find just to be like wow and absorbing so i was exposed to the just to the chariot um live i went on uh scary kids scaring kids um dance gavin dance yeah something that really changed my perspective of like uh, just punk rock in general was Jeff Rosenstock with that Bomb the Music Industry band. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you? When was when was the first time you got to go to a fest? Because if if it's you know if, if Florida is a place that you know yeah. you've been yeah. to a lot, you know, and and a, a lot. Of, I know you're playing the fest coming up. I'm sure you've played it in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So just that's what made me think of it with Bond the music industry because that's a yeah that, no, that was actually, a fest band for sure yeah and I 
So I watched them play in this tiny venue in Gainesville uh, called Arcade Bar or something. I think before it was like 1982. Um, and that same day I met Randy from the Kembe and Tony from Fest. And I went to like an after party in, in a Gainesville house. And, yeah. and Randy did a tattoo on me on my leg that says Gainesville shortened. So it's just <laughs> GNV. And this, this the, the most fucked up part is that when I go, go to Venezuela, they, they're like, oh shit, this is like Guardia Nacional Venezolana, which is like Venezuelan National Guard. I'm like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> 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 I got fucked. I, uh, yeah. Oh so, no. Um, that night they were like, you have to try fast. And so on 2015th, I um, we we came here as a band, and I played my first fest. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask uh, what your first. We you know I'm excited to talk to you about about all things Zeta. We just we're just we're moving there. We're getting yeah, there. Yeah. Um, what uh what was your first recording experience? What was that like for you? So. Um, this is very interesting because back then, in our hometown, uh, we had only a handful of uh, places. They were all houses in which um, you have a musician with a little bit more of experience that will record songs. Never uh, anything professional, but just like, you know, like, oh, there's this guy, blah, 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 it's has a mixer, he can record the rehearsal or whatever. So it was really just a very far thought just making an entire album. So in the first seven years, we only had like three or four songs recorded in the studio. And it was blood, sweat, and tears to get those like We'll have to go to Caracas, and we were underage, so we'll have to, you know, um, just hustle getting there, and and making a recording in a just in a weird studio with like people that you don't know. Um, but then by the time we went to college, um, we wanted to really record an album, um, and so we went to this. A person named Marcel Fernandez. Uh, he's kind of like, I don't know, he's like Rick Rubin from that era from over there type of, you know, that just yeah. a crazy guy with like crazy um, influences and he will know his way around everything and builds like, he built a drum, he built a cabinet. And... um he listened to our pre-production, very shitty made, and he was like, listen, guys, like, are you going to be made, making an album in uh, 2008, and you're going to have songs from 2003 and 2005, and, you know, you have all these songs just mixed into an album. There are songs that you've already played. Why won't you just go home and build an entire concept 
And we were like, wow, dude. You know? Yeah. We're like, damn, this guy knows. And he's yeah. like, I can take your money now and just record you, but you can make something that is more unique, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went back home, back to Puerto La Cruz, and uh, we actually quit college at that time and just put on our full on just music, at least Danny and me. And uh, so, so what year did what year did Zeta actually start? Was it like two thousand three? Yeah, yeah. Wow, because the first record or the first release looks like it wasn't until like two thousand twelve. Is am I wrong? It's uh, twenty ten. It's the first official like long play. We don't okay. It's 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 uh it's the I think it's the most different. Of all the the albums that we've recorded, so we don't really we don't play any song from that time. Sure, yeah. Um, but that was our first one, and we learned so much from it. It was like just that year on tw- on two thousand eight that we wanted to record that album. We didn't do it. We ended up just moving back and just taking it seriously. So we came next year with a proposal and uh, Marcel said, this is cool. Let's do it. And so we, you know, we took an entire year to finish up that album. It's a crazy thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, let's talk about your first, your first time touring uh, or your first time sequencing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Uh, yeah, yeah. Our first sequence, (laughs) <laughs> was just so the f- the very first one it's inside of our country and um yeah. we were underage um we had to ask for these permits signed to travel in just like commercial bus like something like a gray greyhound or um and we went on like i think like three different cities and um, so are you having to bring like a whole drum set onto no, this no, no okay no. so you you borrow equipment at every show yes yeah that's okay. correct good um, <laughs> I was it was say, that sounds that sounds hard <laughs> yeah down there it's very common that you borrow things and so you kind of like if you're from the city that you're playing in, you'll probably be like, yeah, I have, I, I, I do the drums and some other person, but I, I have a guitar amp and, you know, right. everything worked kind of like that way. Um, so it's kind of a gamble backline <laughs> wise. Yeah, but, you don't know um, what you're going to get. No, no. And it was just a wild thought just to go on tour you know it was like oh this is just so what's what cities did you play we played outside of our hometown there's this other just tiny little city called puerto piritu and it's supposedly it's like one of the oldest foundations but it's just this tiny town next to a huge oil refinery 
So we played there on a house show. We played in Caracas, I believe, and mm -hmm. in a city called Valencia, which is just the next, the same name as that Spaniard city. To be honest, I think <laughs> almost everything down there is DIY, even if they don't know the terminology. And it was mainly, at that time, a lot of house shows. Would you sleep at the houses you were playing at? Would you just find somebody to let you stay? Or were you, like, what, what was the sleeping arrangement every night? Well, I think because we were underage, my older brother came with us, and he kind of figured out the sleeping situation. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like <laughs> our manager um yeah you know ish at that ish, time yeah. um cool older brother just this cool dude so then what what was the big uh moment that brought you to the u.s to the for the first time because you've you've toured the zeta is kind of known for the amount of touring that yeah. the band has done yeah. kind of w worldwide is that is that safe did have you been to europe and all that no We haven't been no. to Europe. We've, we've always dreamed about it, but... Um, yeah. So we've been through this hell and back with the immigration process. Right, um, yeah. I wanted, to talk, I wanted to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Because obviously of everything that happened in 2019, but... Um, but circling well, yeah, what back to what brought us here. So yeah. by the time that things started to get messy in Venezuela and everybody started to leave... We really push hard to just stay there and be like the band that stayed. No? But after a couple of years, we were like, this is just nuts, you know? And um, we were just like, we have to get out. So we went into Colombia first and stayed there for a couple of months. And at this point, we've had tour south america and central america a lot so we had plenty of friends that we care about like family and um we were staying there with them and this crazy thought of coming to play the u.s um happened and um we asked around some friends from mexico hey do you have any friends in u.s and they were like yeah sure So um, our friends that helped us routing that first tour were from Tijuana, Mexico, and they had a band called Wally. And, okay. I, and I think some of them were, I don't know if they were in this band or they were very close to this band called Malady. Just like oh yeah, you know that We, band? Er, yeah, it's early Touche shows were were with Malady. I have one of their records literally right next to me. That band is awesome, amazing. Yeah, no, so I know. So good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were probably they were friends. I know the kids in Wally. They are just they are not kids anymore. But um, the people in that band used to host bands in house shows in Tijuana. And I think they Okay. I think they did Loma Prieta back in the day or something. But um they had this West Coast run and they were like if you listen, if you come here 
all the way to the west. Oh, nice. That's amazing. <laughs> the Malady record. Yeah. Um, Just, I had to make sure that I still had it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go they, ahead, please. they were like, if you come all the way to the west, you can jump in our tour. And we're like, wow. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, we got on a plane to Florida with this other Colombian band um, named Naked in a Coma. And. Uh, with them, it's a wild name. <laughs> yeah, it's super wild name, yeah. Um, so we went with them from Florida to L.A. just playing the most, like, crazy random shows. Like, we played in, I think, like, in Juma, Arizona. We played in El Paso. Yeah. Just, just wild. And... um we get to LA, we drop down to Tijuana, played a show there, and then hop in this tour with this band all the way up to uh, Seattle. And from there, then we drove all, all the way back to Florida. No shows. Oh my, oh my God. Just driving and just stopping and, you know, hiking. How was, just, how was that experience for you though? It was super cool. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough, but it was like a lot of things will m click and make sense. Like the driving, you know, just driving on a highway almost all of the time. It's like this is yeah. easy peasy, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. This like traveling in South America, it's it's crazy. I have yeah. stories that you wouldn't even imagine. Like uh, you're in a bus and you get like somebody wakes you up in the five in the morning. It's like you're staying here in the middle of the we're not going in the city. It's like what with your equipment, with everything. And you have to just run to hop in another bus that it's smaller, like a more local, yeah. just crazy things. So being here wow. and being able to drive by night, relax, it's like, this is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. just people knowing about it. I remember I would tell my friends, like, I was in this place the other night and we were talking about bands and you wouldn't imagine they were all into Converge. And, and friends from over there, like punk friends, are like, "What? Yeah, you know, like they know yeah. these, they know those bands, and it's like, yeah, they know them. It's like, wow, that's wild. So we kind of really liked it that yeah. first time. We kind of knew that we were coming back, you know? Right? Yeah. I was trying to think. I know we we played together. Obviously, yeah. we played together in, in South Florida. Yeah. Um, was that I, in my brain? It's like there was a chance that maybe we played together at some other point because I was aware of your band. I I knew about your band. So um, I I I don't know if I met you, but I I think I met some of of your guys. I think we met in this vegan deli in Seattle. In Chuming oh. Tofu. You know that place? It's like a 
self-service, vegan, all vegan, Asian, fusion. Um, Were you on tour at the time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been the other guys. I don't think I was there for that. But do you know what year that was? That was probably 2017. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not even not even that. Um, I mean that that was that's pretty close to when we eventually played together because I think we played together in mm-hmm. so probably around that time. The thing with the uh, with us was like coming here. Um, at first, we were just tourists, and then we needed to change to a more um, like a legit status that we could work and do other stuff. So at first, the solution was getting these O visas. It's like an outstanding performer, and you have to just kind of like prove in papers that you are um, an actual performer, and you're not just trying to get a crazy visa. And uh, we have all of these like awards from Venezuela that are not like grammy awards there are just most of these awards where our friends just making you know a cool thing yeah but they were national and they were meaningful for immigration so you know we show some of that and also the history of the band uh fun fact not that fun it's that we never really believed in PR or putting our name in the albums so that we're like, how do you prove that you are oh, from right. Seda? Like, yeah. And it was like, Oh my God. Okay. Um, that was a tough one, but we get those visas and they were like, just to work exclusively with Seda as a musician and so we were like well i guess we have to just play and just be on tour all the time so in 2017 i think we went two or three times to the west and back we were just non-stop playing yeah yeah going and going because i yeah that's that's what's that's when i think about your band that's what i think of it's like how much for at least a good period there that it felt like you were always on tour, Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I would see your... And it and it's cool because as much as your band is very DIY and, and involved in that culture, it's like if you're paying attention at all to, like, DIY punk culture in the U.S., like, you know your band's name because you see it on the flyers, you see, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And what And what helps the most is that your the style of music that your band plays is so different yeah than anything else here you know like the mixes the the mixing of the genres it's it's very it's almost difficult to sort of pinpoint if someone said you know yeah. in one in one sentence explain the kind of music that zeta makes oh like, that that uh, has happened to me all the time <laughs> all of the time i like if i want if i wanted to be kind of lazy about it i feel like i could say well if you really like screamo but also the Mars Volta, yeah, yeah. I guess those two can kind of jump in a pot. 
that's and that's on me because that's kind of like what I, you know, like I I I came with those two things very straightforward. Yeah. But then the drummer used to play in a like in a weird ska reggae band, and Danny's these just crazy sounds and layers and so yeah but i so what you end up yeah what you end up making is is a very expansive and very beautiful you know experience it's it's so different it's so like i i hadn't had a chance to to listen to the newest single until today and i listened to it just a little bit before this interview and it's unbelievable It's, it's it's got so much to it i think because of the band is so old, what really glue us is the challenge of changing, you know? And um we are not we are not very traditional people. We are just we tried all of the things that make us happy, you know? And I think an important fact was that our families were supportive. I I've talked about my family, but also Danny grew up with a uh, his mom and sister, and they were the coolest. Like Danny's sister was going to sing in Seda before <laughs> they will uh-huh. they will fight so much that it was like yeah. we're not okay. gonna do this, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we weren't just kids. We were all like, I don't know, 15. Danny was like yeah. 12, something like that. So um, so l- let me ask you this. What's, where is Danny currently? Is, is he in Florida right now? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, for, for, pe- for people listening, um, the band got a lot of attention in 2019 when the story came out that um, the, the U.S. residency that yeah. you had all applied for became jeopardized where mm-hmm. everybody in the band from, from my understanding everybody in the band got approved but he did not yeah correct yeah and um, he was and you were and you were on tour and you were basically notified that he has to leave the country within 30 days which yes. is terrifying it's it's wild i remember the call um he was like we were in the van we were all just normally joking singing laughing yeah. And then he's like, oh, 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 the lawyer is calling. Let's be all silent. And we're all just like, right. this is, they're going to tell you yes. Because they were, so I got denied first. And then I um, went through this process of like appealing. And they were like, oh, yeah, we see this. We didn't uh, consider it before. So you're good. And we were like, oh, Finally. Yeah, and um, yeah, and like a month after that, Danny gets the call, and we're like, "You, go- it's gonna be the same. You're gonna be so cool." And we're all there, and just watching Danny, and the the face just like change, oh. like heavy. We're like, "Oh," so he, you know, hangs the call, and he's like, "I, I got denied." And it's like shit. Okay, and we're like. Don't sweat it. We're going to appeal. 
you know, this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is that we make that appeal and they send back a notification of like, yeah, we got your documents. We're checking on it. And uh, we've got a couple of other letters saying like the case has been changed to Texas or it's been changed to D.C. or to Chicago, stuff like that. I believe there's different, uh, I guess, um, the organization have different offices, I I believe. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Um, But we've never had something that says yes or no. Mm. So from then to now, that is in a gray area, just pending, you know, just waiting. So he's, it's, it's still unclear currently. Yeah. So he's, but he's, he's in Florida right now. He's in Florida. He's in uh, okay, so, Hollywood, so, Florida. So he was able to, cause, cause, um, you, you know, when he's, he was notified, like yeah. you have to leave within 30 days. Obviously it's like you, you were probably, where were you? I think I read you were like maybe in, in the Northwest or something like that. I think we um, were, I think at the time that we got that call, we were driving somewhere. Cause you were on tour. Yes. I think we were yeah. somewhere in between Albuquerque and Phoenix probably. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I use the word terrifying because it's like you have to all of a sudden be like, wait, is the tour over? How am I going to get home? Like all yeah. of these, sort, you know, like, or like, and also like, I don't want to do that. Like, what can we do in the process? Like just the, the, the unknown yeah. is scary no, in those super moments. Scary. So, so then so, at first, how did, how did he, yeah. How did he end up getting to, to stay a little bit longer? Well, at first, he was just so sad that he wanted to leave. Um, yeah. But then he kind of thought about it. And uh, he's he's the main person taking care of his family. So if, yeah. you know, something that it's real, um, it doesn't matter what side of... Uh, the um, politics you are something that it's real is that here you will have a better chance of saving money to help your family anywhere and um he decided to go through the appealing process um he changed lawyers i believe um he's trying a different uh trying to present different evidence because I think the way that the papers were worded out, they were, they were asking for outstanding uh, permanent status for an outstanding lead guitar player. And I think given that there's a huge history of electric guitar in the U.S., you know, they will be like, let's compare this guitar, lead guitar player to the best lead guitars, guitar players that we had. And then, you know, I guess you will see there, I don't know, just like Jimi Hendrix or, I don't know, you know, or more modern things like 
CC Top or just yeah. crazy. Yeah, like that's an outstanding lead guitar player. I think what helped me was that on my, uh, when I did mine, the lawyer didn't want to make a copy of the other case. So I think I was under songwriter. And because we're a full Spanish band, it kind of makes sense. It's like, well, they kind of need the singer in a way, I guess. Oh, man. That's so interesting that just just a couple words being different yeah. made, su- made such a dramatic yeah. difference. So now he's in the appealing. He's trying to, we are trying to be like, there's no Seda without this guy. Like, you know? Right. And uh, it's just, it's complex to explain all of the things that he does, you know? Right. And, um, yeah. Well, if, you know, if you, you should just send them the link to your audio tree session because if I you watch wish. him perform. <laughs> oh, my God. We were <laughs> if like. If you watch him perform, you go, okay, well, of course, this, uh, come on. This, this is, we tried every, we were trying every different uh, road to the, uh, to the appealing thing. And we were always be like, we, we will met people that was like, oh, I have a family that works as a, you know, like an, like an immigration uh, agent or whatever. And we're like, if you only give us the opportunity to play just there in court, we'll prove um, right. what it's, you know, what it's going on. So, yeah, I don't know. So is there anything for, for listeners that we can, because, you know, they, I know there was a GoFundMe and things like that yeah. where, where money was raised and people were talking. Is there anything currently that anyone can do to, on our end to help with the process or is it just a matter of waiting right now? At, at this point, it's a matter of waiting. Um, there's a new branch of uh, um, temporal protected status. It's a TPS thing. I think that's the last move that they made um the lawyers i mean yeah um so we're just waiting but i think i'm i'm i feel that eventually it will happen because they've never said no yeah um so but they haven't said yes so it's right it's just this weird just waiting yeah it's almost worse having to wait yeah yeah and and you get super paranoid you don't need you don't need to be but you just you you don't feel like you have a home here yeah Yeah. exactly um well you know you you have uh you know i so many of us are are uh are are thinking about them and you know keeping our fingers crossed and yeah i think the best best uh thing that we can do is just to keep Danny on our good thoughts and just root for the best. And, you know, we're also, we're not going to just give up with, with whatever they say. We will always try yeah, yeah, yeah. to be together and keep on doing it. So that was what I, I said to Danny, like, if you, if you have to leave, then, 
will leave. Period. You know. Um, yeah. But we're just waiting, and while we wait, we just play here, which is cool. Just pl- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, move, let's uh, let's let's talk a little before before uh, before we go. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, the new record when does it actually come out when because the single went up but when uh when are you when is the new record coming out well um we are currently defining a few things um our friend that produces our album the the name is brock mende i th- i believe i th- i believe brock has worked with bands that are friends with you um oh and also brock used to be the audio tree engineer for okay for some years um so he's just mixing we didn't had a plan to play this year but now we just started booking well i'm i'm lying we didn't start it just now but we've been booking a tour that we're going to be announcing very soon. And we're trying to rush the album, at least the pre-sale and the digital sure. version. Yeah. So I think, fingers crossed, I, I'm i happy that I don't have a, a corporation over, you know, yeah. that I, can, I cannot say anything. Um, right. But fingers crossed, we might have the digital version out by September. So oh, exciting! Yeah, yeah. Because I saw you're playing. Because you're playing the fest this year, and you're mm-hmm. also playing the Tree Fort, the Tree Fort Festival, which yeah. is out in Boise. Yeah, um, that's a really that's a really cool festival. Have Have you played that before? No, this is our first year, and I'm stoked because we got this weird Sunday in the main stage uh show we have another one in a venue i was actually listening to to more episodes of your podcast and i was when you you mentioned this thing about you get the last uh like very late sunday or sunday (laughs) slot or early yeah and so saturday we play like at almost 1 a.m and then (laughs) And then Sunday we play at noon. But, oh, you got both. Yeah, you got both. Yeah, but uh, but it's uh, cool because we played. It's in, an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and we played in cool stages, and they've been super open and uh, super nice to us. We have, we are very good, just close friends with a singer songwriter named Chesky, and uh, Chesky has played at Tree for Fest several times so that that was kind of like you know hey sh- you guys should try this and we were like and you should try fest so yeah chesky's playing fest and we're playing three for fest oh perfect yeah oh, that's awesome yeah super cool well the la- well look the last question i like to ask everybody is do you remember the first time where you felt like you were doing the thing that you had been working so hard towards well i so that that time that we went back home to work on a real album of just one concept, I knew I was all in. I was like, I'm dying on stage or 
on a studio or whatever, you know, I'm just full on um, trying just the musical thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect answer. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. This was, it was nice catching up with you and getting, getting to know you a little bit. I hope we get to cross paths, you know, sometime, yeah. maybe no, this I, fall. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll see each other around. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And if we go to Seattle again, um, or if you go, just you should try that Chuming Tofu place. It's our favorite. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fonchi. This is this is a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. You're the sweetest. That's our show. Thank you so much to Wanchi for joining me and thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, subscribe. Subscribe uh, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. If you uh, want to rate and review the show over on Apple, helps a hell of a lot. And also, I do have a Patreon. Hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon if you would like to support over there. Thank you so much. See you next week.